Hey, this is Pastor Chris Jane, and I want to thank you for listening to the Hope Church Sermon of the Week. For more information, check out our website, brhope.church. I hope this message is a blessing to you. Enjoy. Oh, if you've got your Bibles, you could open them to uh, James chapter 1. Get to that in a minute. But um, yesterday I was reading this book, and it's about like um, finance and investing and stuff like that. And it had told this story about um, back in the, the 60s and 70s, this, um, uh, this guy who was at the time the richest man in the world. He was, you know, his family was in oil, and him and his brothers were all very wealthy. Um, same as like Hunt or something like that. But anyway, for a while, you know, I mean, that, that title, like richest man in the world, that used to get passed around a lot. Do you know what I mean? Just depending on the month of the year, it, it, it could be somebody different. But this guy had that title, and um, they were concerned about the, the value of the dollar. And um, long story short, he had, um, he's, he's tried to corner the, the silver market. He was investing in silver to protect himself against inflation and, and um, stuff like that. And, and uh, he, the person who wrote the book went to him and um, kind of explained to him why he needed to get out of that position, um, that, that there was going to be a crash, and that he, um, you know, um, he needed to diversify. And uh, the guy didn't do it, and long story short, he ended up... Um, you know, losing everything, which, I mean, he still had like 10 million bucks, but that was like he was broke. <laughs> I mean, he went from being worth billions and billions of dollars to only having 10 million. That's like, he had, he was, he had to dare, declare bankruptcy. You imagine um, going from richest man in the world to just kind of rich. <laughs> still pretty rich, but still like that, that, that was a major, major blow, and he never really recovered, although, I mean, I think he was still rich the rest of his life, but, you know, rich to us is probably different to billionaires. Losing that, that, that billion probably hurts a bit, but anyway, what struck me about it was that he had gotten really good advice. You know, he, he had invited this guy to look at his um, his finances uh, and, and give him, you know, advice on it. The guy was an advisor. And so he, he heard what the guy had to say. He listened, you know, he heard, but he didn't really listen, did he? You know what I mean? He heard, but he didn't do anything about it. He didn't do what the guy um, had advised him to do. If, so if you've got your Bibles, let's look at James chapter 1, verse 22. It says, but be doers of the word, not just hearers deceiving yourself. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we, uh, we are so excited to just continue to push more into this intimate relationship with you in the secret place. I pray you'd just continue to reveal yourself to us, um, that you'd help us to hear, and not just hear, but to, but to listen and, and obey. And so, Father, that's what we're going we're gonna to strive for this, this morning and this week. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. I think that um, hearing from God in the secret place is one of the um, greatest keys to the overcoming Christian life, right? But it has to be tied to its natural um, counterpart, if you will, obedience. And not just obedience, radical obedience. Okay, we, we listen and we obey. 
right? We hear and we do. But be doers of the word, not just hearers deceiving yourselves. Boy, that's sobering. You know, every time I read that, I think, oh, I don't, I don't want that to be me. I don't, want, don't let me be just fooling myself. We listen and we obey. And when I say radical obedience, I mean, I mean immediate obedience that fulfills the command of God to its fullest measure, not like the bare minimum standard, right? But something, something deeper. When Jesus says sell all, we sell all immediately, you know? And this is tough. I mean, this is something, this isn't easy. We're digging into deeper ground here, right? Okay. The, uh, the New Testament word here that he uses for obedience, and again, I'm not, I'm not, it's not like I know Greek or anything like that, but I can look it up. I can use Google like anybody else. And uh, it's a word that I'll just pretend I know how to pronounce it and say it's hupico. All right? That's how it's spelled. And it basically comes from two words, hupa, which is um, under, and akoa, to hear. So obedience is to hear under, okay? So when we, it involves like listening attentively with a, with a submitted heart, right? With a heart of compliant submission and then obeying his word. Obedience then starts for, for each of us not in the doing, but in the sitting at his feet and listening. Right? And this is what we've been talking about this last few weeks. You know, we worship, then we serve. We've, as a church, we've gotten that out of whack for a long time. You know, we put service above, above all else. Well, look at the two sisters, right? Mary and Martha. You know, they both were right, but Mary was correct. At the, she, put, she put the first things first. That's just a bonus. That wasn't even in my notes. So devotion to the secret place then is our first act of obedience, right? We, sitting and listening is part, part of it. We worship, then we serve. If you guys remember when we were going through the book of Mark, there was that part where um, Mary, the mother of Jesus, and, and his brothers came to, to get him, right? They came to collect him because he was, they thought he was outside of his mind. He was making a, making a fool of himself, saying all these crazy things. And so they were going to go and, and collect him. And um, Mark 3.33 says, Who are my mother and brothers? Then he looked at those seated in a circle around him and said, Here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. So the will of God in that moment was for people to sit at Jesus' feet and, and hear his word, right? Until we attend to that responsibility first, you know, we will, I think you'll always be frustrated in your inability to, to experience the joy of, of serving. And then it's just work, right? Yeah. I think the, the, the works of service that we do, they get their spiritual energy from that, that attention to his, to his word, from us being in his presence, right? So we've got to get the first things first. First we, we sit and we listen, then we do. That's, um, that's I think, the, we, could, we could end right there.
That's the lesson of the week. It's to put the first things first. We listen, but then we go and we, and we do. I feel like, um, and this, I don't know, this could come across as hurtful, but I feel like some people just want to be common law Christians, right? They want the benefits of, of living with Jesus, but without the commitment. Help me, Lord. <laughs> uh, yeah. Probably. You know, this is, a, this is a monologue, what I'm doing up here. <laughs> we had this last week. I figure we'd just use this as a teaching moment. The reason I have this thing attached to my face is for the benefit of those who aren't here, who can't hear my voice, and the ones who might listen to it later. So sometimes we do interact, in which case we'll use the, the other microphone. But for the most part, I worked all week to deliver a monologue, not so much a, uh, a dialogue. But you know that I love you, and I, can, and I can say that. I didn't want to say that last week because the gentleman had a very good question. He, he had what is essentially the most important question of all, in all of human life. How do you know you heard from God? I mean, that's a really important question, and unfortunately, it's one without a, a super easy answer, is it? You know, if there was a shortcut, I would share it, and then we would all just be there, but it's not something you can, you can take a cut. You can't get there quicker. You, the only way is to get to know him in the secret place. That's why we're doing this. That's why we're, um, we're spending this many weeks talking about this because there's just nothing more important for our foundation than to get alone with him and build that relationship. He says, my sheep know my voice. Why? Because they've spent time with him. They've, you know what I mean? If I just showed up and tried to shepherd those sheep, they're not going to listen to me just because they hear a voice. They, they hear a man speaking. No, they know the voice of their shepherd because he spent all those nights all those days. He's the one who's carried them when they fell into something. You know, he's the one that, that makes sure they're, they're fed and that they're protected. He's the one defending them with the rod uh, when, when enemies come around. There's an intimacy and a love and a trust there because they've spent all that time together. And that's the only way that we're going to have that with, with God. I'm sorry. That's the, that's the good news and the bad news. The good news is it's worth it. The bad news is it's hard work, and it's going to take time. All right? All right. Yeah, common law Christians, that kind of hurts even just to say. You know what I mean? Because I've been guilty of that. You know, wanting to enjoy the benefits of a life with Christ without really the commitment of, of obedience and and all of that stuff. You know, the true fulfillment of serving Jesus is found, you know, within the context, or the, the, the true, like, joy, the full joy of living together is found in the context of that marriage commitment. You know, and the full joy of following Jesus is found when we, you know, as we abandon ourselves to, to the words that, that come from his mouth. You know, I feel like I've wasted a lot of my energy, and, and I feel like a lot of people do this, trying to be creative, trying to like come up with plans and schemes and a future. You know, I'm going to write my own future, and, and I, I've spent a lot of time and energy over the years, you know, trying to, trying to write my own, my own path, right? 
when, you know, Psalm 33 says, the Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He makes the plans of the people to no effect. But the counsel of the Lord stands forever, right? So instead of focusing on, you know, being clever and creative and trying to make my own way, if I would just focus on listening to God and then being obedient, that's, there's nothing better than that. If we'll just give our best energies to God in the, in the secret place of his presence, listening to his voice, then we can move out in action when he speaks. I know I'm harping on this, but the, this is the key, hearing and obeying. And, you know, if you'll, if you'll do that, the benefits are, are profound. They're amazing. There, there are many more than I can list this morning, but I, I wrote down four. And if you're taking notes, maybe you'll want to write these down. The first one is that obedience unlocks eternally abundant life. Jesus said this, he said, and I know that his command is everlasting life. Jesus is the master of understatement, right? I mean, when he says a thing like that, it sounds so simple, but if you take that into the secret place and you unpack it in his presence, I mean, it's massive. Jesus said, and I know that his command is everlasting life. The life that resides in him flows into you when you obey. That's good news. Number two, obedience causes God to turn his eyes on you. Doesn't that sound good? God looks with special interest and affection on the one who is, um, who is devoted to obedience. He says in Isaiah 66, he says it this way, he says, but on this one will I look, on him who is poor and of a contrite spirit and who trembles at my word. That's fantastic just to imagine. You know, picture it, you're, you're in the secret place with his word spread out before you and you're trembling at the prospect that he may speak to you. He sees your willing spirit and he starts thinking about ways to honor your devotion. Wow. To tremble at his word means we long for him to speak first. And second, that we tremble with readiness to act upon that word when it comes. When we tremble for his word like this, he fastens his gaze on us in order to do good on our behalf. Isn't that amazing? Number three, obedience produces greater intimacy. In my opinion, one of the most powerful statements Jesus ever made while he was on earth uh, is in John 14, 21. And I know you guys know this well. It says, he who has my commands and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him, and I will manifest myself to him. Isn't that fantastic? He who has my commandments and keeps them, it's he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Jesus said that the obedience um, is the proof of love. 
you know, and love brings incredible intimacy with the Father. Even more, he said that obedience unlocks the affections of Christ and, his, and he discloses himself to the human heart through that. There's nothing I long for more than for Jesus to manifest himself to me. You know, just to be more tangible, more audible, more real, more present. I mean, there's just nothing greater than that. And for the possibility of that, I will, I'll embrace any and every command that he gives me. You know, I choose to obey him, not because, not just because of the way I see my obedience have an effect, a positive effect on people's lives around me, but I, I choose to obey him because his presence is so sweet. <laughs> you know, his presence is so amazing when I, when I obey that um, my heart catches fire when he's close, you know, and obedience fuels that fire, Amen. Amen. Number four, obedience builds unshakable foundations. Okay, this is a scripture I, I've read to you the last couple of weeks. It's uh, Matthew chapter 7, toward the end, verse 24. It says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Do you notice that the, the storms came both to the ones that were obedient and to the ones that were not no one is exempt. The storms are coming. The question is, will you survive it? You know? Will your foundations be strong enough to, to hold up to the winds and the floods? I mean, that's the, that's the only question. When you walk in radical obedience, you're preparing yourself for the storm, and you will overcome. Isaiah 48, 18 says, Oh, that you had heeded my commandments. Then your peace would have been like a river and your righteousness like the waves of a sea. The greater the winds that, that rise up to assault the obedient, the, the, the more his righteousness rises up to protect you. Amen? There are so many more benefits to obedience than I can cover this morning, but just maybe a couple, couple of others. I know I gave Mary, the mother of Jesus, a hard time before, but... I think she gives one of the best simple expressions of obedience in all the scriptures when at the wedding she says, whatever he says, do it. You know? Whatever he says, do it. True servants are found sitting at Jesus' feet over and over again. You know? In... in John 12, he said, where I am, there my servants will also be. Then when he speaks, they just do it, right? Servants don't try to give the master a better idea. You know, they don't complain to the master that they think the idea is stupid. You know, servants don't try to decide if they're in the mood to do it right now, right? Servants don't decide if the task is beneath them. They just do it. 
And that's the minimum. That's the starting point. Luke 17 says, So likewise you, when you have done all those things that you were commanded, say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done what was our duty to do. So that, that servant level of obedience, that's just the beginning. That's the starting point. That's the, that's the minimum requirement of, of any servant is to hear the master's voice and obey. That's the beginning. But the closer you get to God, the more obedient that you have to be. Right? Some choose, you know, some just choose the level of obedience of trying to avoid sin and trying to choose righteousness. That's like the children of Israel. They were kind of at that place. And they had seen with their own eyes the acts, the mighty acts of God, right? Moses, however, knew God's ways. You know, the children of Israel, they knew God's acts, but Moses had an intimate relationship with God. He knew God's ways. So the, the level of obedience was, was so much higher. You know, when... Um, for Moses, it wasn't just, is this right or wrong? It's what is his command? You know, for example, when he is on the fiery mountain and um, the command was stay behind the cleft of this rock because if you see me, you know, you're going to have a cardiac arrest. You're going to die on the spot. So obedience, obviously, is to, is to stay in the cleft of the rock. Is it a sin to step out from behind a cleft in a rock? No. There's nothing inherently wrong or sinful, but when you're in that kind of an intimate relationship with God, you need to pay attention and, and do every, everything he says. Not just, you're not just trying to distinguish right from wrong at, at that level. He's saying, you're so close to me right now, Moses. You know, if you even catch a glimpse of my glory, it'll be the end of you. <sighs> The closer you get to God, the more obedient you must be. Would you stand and pray with me? Jesus. This is what we long for this morning, God, just to be, to be so close to you that we, we don't just know about you, we know you. We know your ways, your, your thoughts, and your thoughts toward us. We want to know your, your direction for our lives, Father. We don't want um, to just keep trudging ahead, making mistakes. We want to listen and know the plans you have for us, whether we should go right or left, whether we should move or stay still. Father, I thank you that when we, when we put in the effort, when we get quiet in the secret place, you, you notice and you turn your face to us and you reward that effort. And so, Father, I pray that every person in this room would be encouraged today and this week as we, any time that, that we put this into practice, that we take a few minutes to sit at your feet, that, that you would just in, encourage us with a word, with, with um, 
making your scriptures come alive for us with some, some fresh fire this week. Father, we want to we know your voice like, a sh- like sheep know the shepherd's voice. We want to have that kind of secret place history with you that we know we know who you are. We know how you feel towards us. And so that when we hear your word, we know it and we, and we obey immediately. We want to be profitable servants. Thank you, Father, for your presence in our lives and your word. Help us to be able to shut out distractions this week, to be able to listen and obey. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, that's going to do it for this week. I really hope that this message was a blessing to you. If it was, why not subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave us a review. It really does help. Thanks, and have a blessed week.